because it's terrifying to let go, okay? Because that's, that's your entire existence and it's the stuff that makes you feel comfortable, safe, um, trustworthy in your space. And so you have to have a bigger reason, a bigger why, a, something that you are wanting to move towards. You need to have something bigger that you want to shift into. Hi guys, welcome back to the Brain and Brand Show. I'm Timothy Maurice and I've been thinking about the power and value of mental clarity. So today, I want to bring you a conversation with international author Kate Emerson. Kate is truly a global soul and her philosophy is live light, live large. She's written several books, but today I want to draw from her book, Clear Your Clutter, and her wisdom about clearing mental and physical clutter out your life to equip you to overcome procrastination, feel more at peace, shift your life in the direction of your heart's desires, and ultimately to become more focused as you build your personal and professional influence strategy. Getting rid of physical and mental junk could be all that's required to help you make the next leap in this new world. Thank you to everyone listening from America to France to South Korea to South Africa. Please share your thoughts with me, podcast at timothymaurice.com, or you can mail me directly, tmw at timothymaurice.com. I would love to hear from you, and please do take a moment and rate the show. It would mean a lot. Now, I bring you four tips from Kate Emerson to help you clear your clutter. Was there a moment where you realized that you had to physically start getting rid of stuff if you wanted to move to the next level in your life? Well, Timothy, I've actually just done exactly that. So when I say the nth degree, I'm embarking on something called the Minimalist Manifesto. And I've literally packed up and sold virtually every single thing that I own, including books. I'm down to four or five books that I travel with. Wow. And I have, and you know, you talk about was there a time that was hard. My books were really, really hard to do, but I've literally sold everything. I've kept uh, like 10 pieces of art that I will maybe one just to another country. You were talking about how you had to let go in New York in order to come here. And I'm kind of doing the same thing because I'm traveling the world to share my message. Um, and I've already embarked on that journey. And I'm down to a suitcase and a hand luggage and a hat and literally like that's it. And I've got one box of stuff for tax and I've got one box of beautiful little mementos. But it is difficult stuff. <laughs> and I, I felt like, I felt like my client. So I was in my, I had a beautiful, I have to say had, had a beautiful little tree house in Greenside and I was looking around going, what does all this stuff really mean to me? And I felt like one of my own clients and I, I had to kind of call on every single ounce of courage and tenacity and really living my work because I really do believe it in my core and I had to enact it. And so books, you know, because I've got so many books that have been gifted to me by the actual authors that have been signed to me by the authors. And I'm like, I can't put these in my bag, you know. Like, I'm going to be that bag lady, you know, shuffling around with, with no energy. And I thought, what am I going to do? And it's that I really did. I struggled and I sat with it. And I thought, ah, and everybody's saying, you can't get rid of your books, Kate, you can't. And I'm like, darn, I can. And so what I decided to do was I chose the books that I, I absolutely need to still read now. Um, because ones that I've read, I can reference. And then the, the precious ones that have been authored, what I did was I actually took a picture of all of those books in a stack so that I can always recall the image and the memory and the love in them. But, you know, that's the most thing for me. And then I took a picture of the inscription page that was written to me. And that is going to be an album, you know, that I will then cherish the album of those forever. But Tim and Munich, I mean, it was so... I actually felt a little bit shaky. You know, my, my I had like 30 palms <laughs> and I was like... 
and then I and then I would give the books away. People say, oh, I really want that book, and some people came and bought books. But I could feel like I, it was terrifying, actually. And I thought, oh my god, am I going to regret it? Because that's often the question: is if I give this away, whatever this is, um, will I regret it? And will I go, oh, I've made mm. such a mistake, and lament over the fact? And I have never done that. Uh, but, but when you're sitting on this side of should I or shouldn't I, it's very easy to keep it because mm-hmm. you go, no, no, no. What if, what if you know, giving away the baby cut? Like, what if, what if that doesn't work? Sure. What if I regret it? And so I think it's it's knowing when to push through and just go. It's time to be ruthless and a little bit sometimes relentless, you know, and just gird your loins and go through to the other side because the space. And the energy and the, you know, I, I mean, people see how much stuff I've got now. They go, I can see it inspires them and slightly terrifies them. <laughs> but it just, it really is liberating. And I think that's the stuff. If you want to be more creative and if you want to create more clients in your life and more energy and abundance and money and traveling and all the things that you say you really want, and I'm talking to every single person out there listening, you can often only manifest that. When I say often, actually you can only manifest that when you're willing to let go of old versions of yourself or, so, or things that represent old versions of yourself, whatever it is. You know, for you, it was your land in, in New York. Yes. You know, if you, you know, it's, and you have to just go, if I want X, what do I have to get rid of now in my life to create Absolutely. for X? Yeah. You know, the, the idea that people who tend to collect and hoard a lot are often really poor people. Now, what reason I'm mentioning this is that there's a, there's a there's a bizarre irony here that if you go into areas where there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of things and stuff mm-hmm. just stacked around. Is there any correlation there? Completely, because that links to the one of the reasons why we keep stuff is uh, scarcity. So not trusting in the abundance and flow of energy and money. Mm-hmm. And so often when, when you don't have, of course, you're going to keep every single thing you've got. If you don't know where your next meal is coming from, you're often going to, you know, your body's going to hold whatever it can because you don't know when, you know what I mean, when your next can eat. Um, if you've got anything that you can take home, whether it's, you know, extra plastic bags or even if it's empty bottles, it's just showing that I've got something because what if it's taken away from me? And that is very real because it comes from, say, maybe it's ancestral lineage. It's not necessarily always in your current life, but perhaps it can be a family constellation stuff where you've been through complete deprivation, war, famine, drought, being relocated from your country, very real traumatic stuff that can get locked into family history and family cells. And then it's going, it's been so terrifying for me and my family or my culture or my country that I absolutely need to hold on to everything. And it's, 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 a, it's a deep, deep, deep-seated correlation. And there's such an interesting thing that comes with that. Whenever I go into like extreme hoarders' homes, um, one of the things that I've always found is uh, newspapers. And I, I, I was kind of pondering this for ages, and I came up with what I think is quite, I mean, I, I need to do some research on it, but it was that thing of, you know, when people are doing, like, one of those, like, big diets, um, you know, where you have to have a picture of a newspaper, and you show your, your weight and, your, and what you sure. look like yes, in your bikini yes. at that date, and then three months later, you take another one with a newspaper. Yeah. Like, what's that about? <laughs> and the newspaper proves that you were alive and existed on that day. So it's kind of like, uh-huh. there it is. It's your, it's your absolute, um, you know, resonance with that date in, in, the, in the calendar. Sure. Why it? Because literally you're going to people's homes and there are just it's newspapers and magazines everywhere. And for me, it was that interesting concept that there in time and space in your room is something that proves like you, you existed on that day. And it almost gives 
that I might, I might not be able to be seen by the world, but I can be seen by the newspaper. If that's making any sense at all, I don't know if it's coming sure. up right. Yes. But it's almost like if I connect all these newspapers, it's, it's proof that I've been here. It's proof that I've had space on this planet. Sure. I think you know, the challenge is, and I'm going to challenge you quite a bit, Kate, is that we are a socializing condition, particularly with religions, to hold on to symbols that regulate the seed of our soul. So people often have very specific associations with powerful symbols such as the cross or if you in uh, if you uh, practice Judaism you know the the kippa you know you know various religions really promote relationships with objects and i think sure. you know i think that's why there's such a deep deep connection between things and the history my grandmother sat on this couch and what does that mean and so i like what you said around taking photos for example of books when someone signed is is that one of the first ways is that take photos of these things and keep stock of it or you know i want specific things that people can do to be able to let go of the actual symbol and the history because it's not the thing that they're letting go of it's the history associated with the thing do you know what Tim, but i want to change you back because if it, if something is adding life force energy you love it when you walk into your home it lifts your spirit i don't advocate letting go of that okay remember i i, I do the end degree of this so, so my thing is if it's not adding value and if you walk into your home and you feel like your energy stagnates and constricts and contracts and you know you're going oh i've got too much stuff so only if it is depleting you would you need to consider it if so absolutely if you're looking at that cross or that star david or that beautiful necklace and you're loving it and you're appreciating it, and it brings you that life, you keep it. I, I'm not saying let go of that, because absolutely we need stuff that... I'm tactile, you know, I'm a real tourist. I mean, I shop by feeling things. You know, I, I'll, I'll put fabric between my hands, and there absolutely is a resonance between substance. But I'm an advocate of going, if it's not actually serving you, and you don't need this for the next day, then what do you do? So, right. yes, it could be a photograph, or okay. yes, it could be minimizing and saying maybe one cross can epitomize the 50 sure. that I've got. But, but yeah, it's not about letting go of stuff that's important to you at all. Like, I don't ever want to put that message across. So, okay, but, but you know, Kate, 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 we yes. as human beings do a really great job of justifying what's important when it's not. My mm-hmm. mother is perfect for that. She'll be like, look, you you wore this T-shirt when you were nine. I'm like, so what, Mom? <laughs> so get, what? <laughs> get rid of this T-shirt. It's just clogging up the closet so how do you yes. get people to stop creating okay. these stories in their head that's important yeah okay so, so that's about being being honest with yourself okay and not buying into other people's stories and not conning yourself and it's also about like if you if you talk about the stuff so it's also about going through your stuff i say annually because what happens is we, we almost don't give ourselves permission to change you know i taste change i love change our values to some degree can change when we're getting older and things become more important to us so Every year, I go through and go, actually, I don't want this T-shirt anymore. This is not working for me. And so often people hold on to the stuff out of guilt, which is another reason, you know, and that's also very linked to the religious stuff. Um, you know, so I need to hold on to this because my mom wants me to hold on to yes. it. So we carry stuff, a legacy, and going, actually, mom, I don't want this anymore. So, yeah, you can have it back, mom, if you want my T-shirt that I wore when I was nine years old. But actually, I'm not keeping it anymore. And it's that. It's actually about standing in your power as a human being if you want to be empowered and magnificent and shine in your life. After Kate so eloquently set the stage for why clearing your clutter is so important, we move to her sharing 
practical tips, what she calls her four G spots of creating optimal clarity and mental power. Four. Yeah, let's talk about these four G spots of how people can, you know, what are these G spots? You know, Tim, when I studied and um, become a professional life coach, that was two it's the process that I always go back to. So it was what I first learned as a coach. And um, people call it real of life, cycle life. But what I did was I took kind of the, the obvious thing that I always do and I go, what is the commonality? So the four G spots are grip, grow, gap, and gut. And I don't think I can say that too quickly because it'll come out garbled. And it's literally a step-by-step process of going, if I want to shift and just change my life a notch, I talk about small tweaks for big leaps. And it's just teaching people the, the, the kind of that basics. When I say simplistic, but it ha- can have profound results. So getting to grips is literally about that, that honesty we spoke about. It's really taking stock of your life. Because often people are just so busy or they're wearing masks or overwhelmed and just don't have any space. And they forget to go, how am I actually doing? And, you know, and, and using that, it's such an obvious analogy, but people forget it. You know, we get into our cars, so... You know, you left your landy in New York. I don't know what you drive here, but we get into our cars and we switch it on and boom, that GPS kicks in. And what we forget is that before we plug in the new coordinate, we forget the process that happens called triangulation. And triangulation is the term for when the GPS goes, hey, I'm on, where am I? Okay, not, yeah, I'm turned on, so let me go back to the G-spot. But what happens <laughs> is your, 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 your um, uh, uh, GPS has to go, where am I currently? But we're so busy, sometimes focused on just turning on the GPS and going, where do I want to go? But it can't get to where it's going until it knows where it is now. It needs a point of reference. So that's what getting to grip is. It's looking at your life, what's and all, whatever it is, and just going, how am I doing? Are you feeling a little anxious about where you are in this first G? Completely. Because I've had to look at, okay, what do I need with me now? What I need to travel with? What is my message? How am I going to do it? How do I earn yes. cash flow? Yes. Absolutely. And there's times, I mean, when, when I just moved out my home, that first weekend, I was a bit of a wreck. You know, I was feeling vulnerable, scared. Um, it's not, so I, I think sometimes people look at us and go, oh, they make it look so easy. You've yes. got to go through yes. the emotions. There is no okay. shortcut. Cool. Okay. When I was looking at the, the getting to grip, you really have to, it's, it's like taking that truth serum and go, this is working, fantastic. This is really shoddy. Uh, what do I want to do about it? Or even just going, okay, it's shoddy, but I don't want to do anything about it right now. That can also be empowering. There's the moment you often just put it down on paper and acknowledge it, it can take a lot of the overwhelm or the fear out of it. it it's like, it, it, you know, it deflates the monster a little bit. Got it. Um, and often people say, even though I've just done it, even though I might not love everything that I'm looking at now, you know, when that's not what I took it, I feel like I've taken a massive step. It's like you can take a deep breath and go, okay, maybe I can deal with this now. Because up until that point, it's just we're often just conning ourselves and we're in that sort of vapid state. Okay, is the second G? So the second G is, yeah, so that's been looking at, okay, now I know where I am, where do I want to go? And so when I start people up on this process, it's, I, I say just look at the AFD big picture because sometimes we just need to get a little bit of momentum going so that we start the ball rolling, you know, and you, you exercise that muscle. So you don't have to necessarily like change your entire life because I think a lot of people just, just feel that that's too much. So I go, what about just looking two weeks down the line? And if you could look two weeks down the line, what would be the one area of your life that you would like to shift? A notch. And people go, oh, okay, I can do that. So it's looking at what might I want to change without having to think about shifting everything or 
suddenly say, oh, I'm resigning to my job or I'm getting divorced or I'm getting married or I'm packing up my house or you don't have to do big stuff to make massive changes. Just start small and nudge yourself along that path. Awesome. So I go, two weeks, what's the one area? And, pe- and people often come up to me, no, okay, I have to change anything. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's just start with one. The power of one is profound. Number three. Okay. Number three is gap. So then you've got to look at, okay, so where am I now? Where do I want to go? Right. Then that's just looking at what's the hole and, and what do I need to do to bridge that gap? So that becomes a little bit more practical about steps. So if we talk about, okay, I suddenly, I know I need to put new pictures up on my website because I need to work on my brand. So then the gap would be, okay, so maybe I need to find a photographer. That, that's the first uh, trick. Then I need to ask for some recommendations. Then I need to think about my wardrobe. Oh, I don't like shopping. And my best friend loves shopping. So you look at what are some of the little steps along the way that will get you to have the new pictures up on your website, for example. Yeah. So that's just look at Very closing simple. the gap. Yeah, yeah. And then the last one is one of my favorites. So that's gut. So often people say, yeah, I'm wanting to spew my gut because I'm terrified of this idea of change. And <laughs> I go, no. <laughs> It's not that. One of one of the things I have learned, so yeah, I mean Tim and Leonard, I'm sure you, you resonate with this. Well, I'm yeah, I'm assuming you do. Is how do we ask for help? And that takes guts. It's like who who's already doing what I want to do? Can I ask them to help me? And it really does take guts and courage to speak up and say, This is what I'm shifting, this is where I am, this is where I wanna go. Can you help me? Or can you just support me? Or can I be accountable to you? Because one of the biggest ways I've learned to shift is to have, have some cheerleaders, have, have a support team, have one person, have a group. It's not always your mother or your lover or your sister or your kids. It's sometimes it's just another person out there. So one of the things that I love to do is build community. So when anybody is doing one of my courses, whether it's my free 4G spots course, I say, come online to the Facebook group and tell us what you're shifting because the moment that you put it out there, it can be to a bunch of strangers on a Facebook group, but you start giving it power yes. and you start giving it some attention and you start committing your word to other people. So, cause so often if you keep it internal, you know, you, you're not actually saying, I'm doing this. And the moment you say, I'm doing this, you start giving it a, like almost like an additional boost from the universe because now you've put your word on the line. And so you have to stand up for yourself again and you have to go, I've done it. Um, and so that guts to ask for support for me is one of the, it's one of the surefire ways that I have um, learned to use to shift my life in a in a bigger and bigger way. So have the guts to ask for support and help from the right people. Thanks so much, Kate. You can get Kate's books from her website www.kate-emerson and that's two m's emerson.com, and follow her for more inspiring insight. Please share this episode with a friend or anyone who could use a little mental decluttering. And oh, by the way, if you think you are hearing a third voice, you're not going crazy. I was joined by my good friend, Rianette Lebowitz. Rianette is an author and collaborator helping people thrive online. You can search her work at savetnet.com. Until next time.